Hi everyone, it's Paola Diana and this is Unleashed the Game Changers. Today our guest is a famous international broadcaster and he's an incredible man with a huge experience who launched CNN International in the US, Sky News in the UK, Al Jazeera in London and Doha and much more. Stephen Cole, welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, enjoy Unleashed very much. Yes, thank you very much. So we are here in the studio of The Agenda, your new I mean, yes. mission. Tell us something about this. It's a surprise mission. Uh, I had retired uh, and I launched four global news channels and then thought, that's enough. Um, and I was lecturing on board a luxury yacht up the Amazon. Amazing place <laughs> to well, give lectures, by the way. Well, yeah, because yeah. a lot of very rich people don't know a lot outside their chosen field. Because a lot of um, yes. millionaires and billionaires wear blinkers. That's how they become millionaires yeah. and billionaires. They're very <laughs> focused people. So I go along and explain more about the Middle East uh, or the European Union um, or uh, immigration and open borders, or, or the, uh, Russia, China, all the big issues of okay. the day. Uh, and so I was up there and I was standing outside the Opera House in Manaus which is a strange place to have an opera house yeah. at the top end of the Amazon. And I had um, uh, a call saying, would you like to come and join CGTN and launch our European headquarters? Uh, and I said, yeah, if I can create a chat show. Well, they call it a talk show. Uh, and so I created a name uh, and a brand and graphics. And here we are, uh, 10 shows in. Amazing. And what do you talk about uh, at the agenda? Well, it's a half-hour show, which is weekly at the moment, and they want to uh, create a, a daily show. And it's every issue that's important, I think, to people. So we've already covered um, the slightly drier subjects like trade, um, but also we've looked at debt, the sword of Damocles, hanging over not just countries between China and the US, but individual debt. Everybody in the West seems to be carrying a very high level of debt and how dangerous, it, dangerous that is. Uh, I've looked at opioids, the global epidemic of opioids, um, Brexit, <coughs> of course, of course. Uh, two election shows, but then far happier, uh, I'm going to do a show on happiness. And then I'm going to do one on the dating game. Uh, I don't want to give away too many uh, of the shows we've got coming up, but uh, hopefully they'll engage people's interest. I know, of course, but you are great. And you have such a huge experience. And I know that you met a lot of uh, head of states, correct, during your career? Yes. Can uh, you tell us some story that you never told to anyone? Well, um, three stand out, I think. One, Benazir Bhutto. Uh, who was a, a fantastic She was an amazing. Very powerful, very attractive, uh, very intelligent, very charismatic. And her death was a real tragedy. tragedy. Very, do you know, no Pakistani prime minister uh, since the country was invented has ever served a full term, which is a terrible indictment, isn't it? Um, I never thought about that. Then I sat down and had dinner with Bill Clinton. Um, and uh, I was with him for four hours. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed his company very much, and I certainly will not be repeating any of that conversation because oh, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be right. Uh, there, if you stay in journalism long enough and you are discreet, and I am famously that's indiscreet why, that's why. away from the camera, <laughs> then you'll last longer. But tell me about Hillary Clinton. Can you say um, something about her? Hillary, uh, unfortunately, she was badly advised, I think. 
Yes. Um, I had her down as uh, the president, and she should have been president before Barack Obama, or instead of Barack Obama. I'm really because happy to he hear was, this. He was a parochial president mm. um, who won the Nobel Peace Prize after 30 seconds of being president, because they were determined to give it to him regardless. Yeah. Uh, and he turned his back on the Middle East, which created a vacuum which was dangerous. She would have been yeah. great because she had the contacts book. She could ring up anybody, That's and she was a global American president, or would have been a global American president, and I think would have been very good for America. It's true. And very good for relations. Yeah, and also for women to finally have a role model, you know, head of a state of the most powerful well, country you know, in the world. Well, you know, women have been, there have been more female leaders, um, presidents, prime ministers in Asia than America or Europe. I know. Um, but I think that model is changing. I would like to do a show, and if any of your viewers or any of your fantastic contacts have a few million to spare to support me with my own show, because I want to create a show called City Pulse. Now, this is all about mayors, because cities are going to rule the world, not countries. And many mayors have to run the cities, bigger cities with bigger budgets than some countries. And the buck stops with the mayor. And I he understand. or she are normally very powerful yeah. people. Great personalities, too. Great for television, put it that way. But cities and smart cities, uh, well, they are, the, they are the feature of how we'll live in the future. And they will run our lives more than presidents and prime ministers. So in order for women to really get more power, in order to change uh, and save the world, as you know, <laughs> my book, we should have more women major eventually? Um, no, I don't think we should have more women, because I think if you start talking like that, then it's like a crusade. And I don't think it's a crusade. I think women are coming through, and they're coming through naturally. Um, and uh, yeah, women are, are strong the, the with wider education will come greater numbers of women coming through. Um, I don't see it as a, a crusade. I think women will naturally no, become of course. leaders. I, I, I don't like the word crusade, but you don't think there is a glass ceiling that is oppressing women in order uh, to there succeed? There are some glass ceilings left, but they're being smashed week by week. We're doing our best, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> which is true. good, but I, you see, again, I don't believe in positive discrimination. And I don't believe in glass ceilings. Of course, they happen, especially in the Arab world, the Muslim world. In the Muslim world, they don't like women being in charge. And often, it's the women have to be behind the scenes who are controlling yeah. things. Uh, and that's all about male control, which is very wrong. And maybe if there was a crusade, it's a wrong word to use uh, for the Muslim world. But women's rights, certainly across the Middle East, do need a big boost. I'm so happy that you're talking so openly, you know, like this, about this topic. Well, what's wrong with talking openly? I know, I know. I, People shouldn't be frightened of talking openly. I, I think you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fair uh, comment, and it's long overdue. You know, when Saudi Arabia announced that women could drive, everybody sort of applauded. Well, hold on, this is 2018, 2019. Yeah. It should be natural, like it something be, yeah, normal. What? Women have, <laughs> yeah. right. But they still had to ask their husbands if they could. Oh, yeah, they still have to ask? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. That was the headline story. That was the PR story. I know. You know, it's control, male control. Uh, and that is wrong. But women are coming through all the way. And some people would say women have always ruled the world. <laughs> Maybe behind the scenes, yes, <laughs> in exactly. the house. Well, some but women prefer true, to, 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 to work that no. way. 
other women want to take center stage. And they're very good. And Asia is a perfect example of the, of the powerful women. I mean, one of the women I, I really liked was Aung San Suu Kyi. And I sat down for half an hour with her and really enjoyed her company. Quite a retiring woman uh, who'd suffered many, many years yeah. as arrest and finally made it there. Whether she's in total control or not, I don't know. I suspect not, because the army generals have taken off their uniforms, but they're still controlling They're controlling things. her. What do you think, in fact, about uh, this uh, case of the Rohingya uh, I think you're genocide. only getting one side. You're getting the PR side. Mm. Um, because if there was such uh, a cruel regime, then Bangladesh would have welcomed them with open arms. But they haven't. Bangladesh are trying to push them out. Um, so you're only getting one side of the story. And that's the problem with a lot of news, especially politically incorrect news. Reporters now will go to the scene of a story uh, with or their minds made up and about what the story is. In the old days, a reporter would go and find out what the story is. Now it's not like now that. Now it's the other way around completely. You will now report what London already knows, or uh, Berlin, or Washington, uh, or wherever already knows. And that, that's, that's very weak journalism. So it's more difficult for, for us to understand uh, what is the fake news, what is the true news. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't watch any news anymore. Wow. You don't watch any no. news. <laughs> I don't watch news anywhere, on television Because you don't trust them. You I think don't trust it. And it's also um, all geared to a 24-hour news cycle. So it's largely meaningless. It's instant news. Yeah. And 24 hours later, it's, you know, like they used to say, newspapers, the front page headline, great newspaper. The next day, it's you wrapping your fish and chips in it. Mm. And that's what it's like. I only read now uh, opinion and analysis. Yeah. Uh, and I make up my own mind. I mean, I wrote a speech about the European Union. Everybody in Britain has a view about the European Union. And if you're a Brexiteer, you're hated. Yeah. And if you're a Remainer, you're hated. The divisions. And it's all based on nothing. Because nobody has any information. Yeah. It's all emotional I reaction. I agree with you. I agree with you, unfortunately. If people had sat down and really sort of concentrated on researching what happens in Strasbourg and Brussels, then they were right to have an idea. But this was all emotional. Yeah. And th this, this emotional reaction to news around the world is very dangerous. You know, you've got to sort of really look and think before you troll, before you blog, before you um, uh, tweet. But people now, they think they don't have to read, that they don't have uh, to read. Well, they don't read, obviously. Yeah, they but they'll only read what they want to yeah. read. Maybe one short tweet. Yeah, like, uh, one, and yeah. then tweet as though they, yeah. they know it all. But it's, it's all opinion and all emotion. And that's very dangerous for the news cycle. Yeah, I, um, I read uh, that you wrote that the um, euro sh is good for Germany, but not really so well, it much It was for invented other countries. by the Germans yeah. because they needed a way of paying for reunification with East Germany. And they also needed to take the price of Mercedes down. If, if the, Deutsche, the euro is worth half what the Deutschmark was, as a result, the German economy went... Phew. Now, what is happening now is the German economy is spluttering. Yeah. So the German powerhouse that paid for the ECB to print billions of euros is now spluttering. So they can't afford to bail out Greece and Italy and Portugal and Spain and Eastern Europe. Yeah, no, totally, they can't. And when, when, when Nobel scientists predict the end of the euro, I believe them. But I understand that this, you know, huge problems. But uh, Europe should be something more, in my opinion, you know, than it, you it know, is an economic. Yeah, it should it be a dream. It should be like uh, a union for the peace. You know, Europe is fantastic. I mean, yeah. 
Forget Brexit. I mean, Britain loves Europe. They, I mean, every, you, you will not find anybody who's British who doesn't love Europe. A simple Spain, yeah. France. Yeah. Italy. Italy, of course. <laughs> uh, into the style. How, how could you ever deny the style of the world? They are the Italians, the most uh. stylish people in the world. <laughs> well, they are. And some of the most beautiful, too. Uh. Um, Eastern Europe, difficult uh, transition to come in. And I met yeah. a woman once in Eastern Europe. Um, and she ran uh, a campaign uh, and workshops to stop women being trafficked. Yeah. Now, she has a telephone number in Moldova, which their biggest export is young women. Moldova, Moldova is the biggest export. Oh, yeah, biggest export. Their biggest horrendous. export is people. She has a telephone number, and it's written on lavishy walls in uh, Dubai and uh, Istanbul and London, possibly. If a girl who's trafficked can ring that number, they stand a chance of wow. being rescued. And I thought, how, am I, how can I start this film? And you may or may not know the film Once Upon a Time in America. And it begins with Robert De Niro in an opium den. And the first five or ten minutes of the film, a phone is ringing in the background. It's the most tremendous beginning of a, of a film. So that's what I tried to do with this. Through the beginning, before we see her, I have a phone ringing. Uh, until eventually this woman picks like up it. the phone. I definitely want to watch her. She, she, she was an incredible woman. And I went to see the trafficked women, or uh, one woman in particular. And she'd been trafficked three times. So and I have never, in all my journalistic or you know, personal life, seen somebody whose soul had been ripped out of them. She was a husk. It was, it was very disturbing. I had to blank out her face for the piece, but gosh. It was the fact she was alive was incredible. She once jumped out of a, um, a brothel uh, and uh, broke a leg as she jumped out. Uh, and the police took her back. The police? The yeah, because... So money, police money, corrupt money, 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 money. Police. And Corruption is the biggest danger for the world and the biggest yeah. problem, and the other one is male control in the Middle East. But corruption in the Middle East, which is why you're starting to see yeah. some of the street demonstrations, and also South America. These kids now, this new generation coming through, they are seeing, with their iPhones and their laptops and computers, they are seeing and noticing other people that have freedoms that they don't have. Other people have, you know, properly elected governments that they don't have. So they want the same and this, freedom. And they want the same freedoms. And it's, it's, this is happening very fast. I'm really happy about that. But I, I think you agree with me that we need more diversity and we need a critical yeah, but mass not deliberately. Let it happen. But let the most talented come through. Because if you put somebody with using positive discrimination, oh, we must have a woman there. The BBC does this. They're into social engineering, not entertainment anymore. So you put a woman there, or you put an Asian there, or a Caribbean person there. Why not just wait until yeah, you have Yeah, I understand what you want. You want a perfect meritocracy. But unfortunately... I do want a meritocracy. Um, I, I and there are the people there. They are there. But don't put them just because of what they are. No. Put, put it on... Put, put, appoint people genuinely who, who, because that's who they are, they are the best one. And ignore race, religion, ethnicity. I would love the same as well. You know? But unfortunately, human beings, they can't really ignore well, that. Well, they're trying to run for, you know, just, just let it happen. It will happen. Education is happening. People of all hues and colors. I mean, I, I, I've worked with women from the age of 19 in all newsrooms around the world. I don't have a second thought about working with women. Or, or why should I anyway? Um, but all you my workplaces... Well, of course I'm happy. <laughs> 
you know, men, women, it doesn't bother me. You know, sort of, um, uh, I've worked with all ethnicities, and I haven't thought twice. It hasn't occurred to me. But I, it might occur to me if they weren't integrated, and they're only there because of their ethnicity. Uh, and that's what I don't agree with. You know, I, complete equal opportunity is what I believe, opportunity. I, I think which may sound naive. Yeah, I mean, coming from Italy, unfortunately, uh, in Italy it is uh, because there is a huge glass ceiling, a huge patriarchal culture that is really blocking women, even if they're good, even if they're the best of the best. But it's changing, that's, that's so let's be well, positive. Yeah, and, and that's why actually I'm here now. I'm living in the UK. <laughs> <because> well, <laughs> we're very lucky in the UK to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But tell me something more about uh, the head of the states, because, uh, sorry oh, I interrupt um, you, uh, but I know that you have uh, a clear opinion about Putin, as an example. I'm yeah, quite I met curious. him in um, Helsinki, a Baltic conference. Um, I don't know how much I can say without being sort of um, uh, uh, at risk. Um, no, I'm not going to tell you the story that I suddenly know about. No, I won't say that. But um, interesting, it's, there is a problem, because the Russian economy is small. Yeah. Um, it's run pretty much by organized crime, all with a roof. Everybody has a roof. It was certainly Bulgaria yeah. is, uh, and Romania is just corrupt to the end of the earth. Um, but um, Russia, everybody kicks up the money upstairs to the next level up. Um, and the ultimate uh, oligarch of is, course. of course, uh, uh, Mr. Putin. Um, and he's always, to me, firing from the hip or f perhaps trying for something above his his, his level. He, the, his greatest regret is the end of the Soviet Union. Um, and he is sort of sniping at the West. He's trying to build his part, which is what happens with small men. Uh, you know, they, they want more. Napoleon. Yeah, the Napoleon <laughs> complex, Teachers, yeah. Uh, uh, as they call it. And I think that's dangerous. And um, anybody in intelligence will, in this country will tell you the dangers of the trolling and the cyber yeah. warfare. Look um, at Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, it Cambridge Analytica. Huge um, scandal. Um, it's quite a good book. Gerald Seymour, uh, mm. a damn serious business. He, Gerald Seymour's a great journey. He was a journalist at ITN, um, and he's written dozens of novels, all hitting the zeitgeist, all bang on. And this is all about Russian cyber attacks in Britain, um, uh, which sounds, again, fairly media dry, but is a very good storyteller. Uh, and uh, I recommend that if you want to know about Russian attacks on. on Thank you. No. British economy. Yeah, I'm really um, interested about that. It, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, but he, he, is, he is a pest. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, see, you know, people have uh, their own defenses in Washington and London. I'm sure they do, especially at Cheltenham. Yeah, but look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and now he's not banning, you know, fake news and advertisement from political uh, parties. What do you think about that? Well, what people forget about Facebook is they think, oh, it's good fun, it's friends, and you want to be liked. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have gone anywhere near it from the beginning. It's an advertising business. That's what Facebook does. End of story. Don't go near it. Other, you know, otherwise, you're, everything's going to be sold about you. I've done another show on data. Very interesting one. How data's the new Tell currency. It's true. Um, and your data is worth so much to other people. They should pay us. Exactly. <laughs> they should pay us because we're giving them our data. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, Zuckerberg, who incidentally, I'm told, has had some political media training. Because yeah. I don't think he's old enough yet to run for president. I hope he um, won't run for president. Well, he, I think he wants to. Yeah? Yeah, he'll be the geek in chief. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> but he'll know all about you. Yeah, yeah. So it would be easy for him. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine. And unfortunately, people believe what they read and what they see. You know, there is such naivety out there. Yeah, it is. That's what worries me. True. Such innocence. And all, especially young people with, with all the um, stories at their fingertips, they think they know so much. But they're not prepared to research properly and think a bit more deeply and slow down. Yeah. You know, this isn't a race. So what, what is your suggestion for this uh, kind of people, you know, to really understand what's going on in our politics? My, um, my advice would be get off social media for at least two days a week. Don't answer an email, don't tweet, don't troll, don't blog, don't do anything on social media at least two days a week. Cleanse yourself, like going to a health farm or drinking hot water and lemon yeah, juice. I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's yeah. difficult, even See, though I'm, I'm quite yeah, good yeah. Well, <laughs> in managing them. But yeah, uh, yeah it's but quite difficult. your business is online. Yeah. But I would say to young people, give it two days, clear, and see if you can do it. It's like giving up smoking. People will be nervous, where's, where's my iPhone? Where's my laptop? You know, two days clear. And it'll, you'll, you'll, in two days, you'll think, oh, was it that important, that tweet? Was it that important, that blog? Perhaps I would read a book or read something that's interesting or historical. So what they've lost is perspective. Perspective. Very important. You're right. You're totally right. I think you're a wise man. <laughs> uh -huh. I, if I was, uh, I'd be far richer. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, sort of, uh, it, 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 this career has been fantastic. I'm sure. I mean, 40 or five years, um, uh, and going around the world, meeting interesting people like you. I mean, this is wonderful. <laughs> I would never have got to meet you unless I'd relaunched this channel. It's true. It's would true. I? Yeah. I mean, so many opportunities. It's, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure about that. And tell me a little bit more about Al Jazeera, because I know you launched Al, uh, Al, Al Jazeera. in London and then went to Doha. Al Jazeera, it was Terra TV. Yeah. Uh, Rumsfeld and Cheney thought it was terrible because Al Jazeera didn't do what they were told. Um, then I think the last comment I saw was from Hillary Clinton, who said it was the best news channel uh, on air, because you've got the news. I think, I still think Al Jazeera is the best global channel, news channel, because the agenda is so wide, and it doesn't have an axe to grind. Uh, it's well funded, the reporters are good, the producers are good, um, the editorial, I think, is, is very strong, and I think the programs Al Jazeera makes. So they're investing a lot of good. money in quality. Uh, and people. And people. Around the, the right world. One. People who, the right people. Uh, and the stories, you know, they're not just limited. You know, there's a very wide news agenda and choice. Um, so, yeah, I was very happy to work there. And but they gave me um, a lot of room to work and a lot of my ideas I could, I could do, including the underwater cabinet meeting with President Nasheed. Tell me more um, about that. I think it was the only underwater cabinet it meeting. Was. <laughs> well, he, you know, he had a great PR guy, a young man, um, and uh, he was trying to uh, get something to go to Copenhagen for the Climate Change Summit. And he said, well, why not take a cabinet meeting five meters below uh, sea level? So all the uh, cabinet ministers <laughs> got their you know, masks and yeah. flippers and suits, and they had master diver behind each one. And we dived down. And I dived. I was the only international diver because I knew the president, President uh, Mohammed Nasheed. And um, they sat down there. <laughs> uh, and then they signed a perspex petition down there, mm -hmm. which they sent to Copenhagen. 
uh, and I did some pieces there on coral regeneration and climate change. Uh, and I swam with manta rays and whale sharks. Oh, I love the Maldives. Uh, oh. The paradise on Earth. Well, it, well it's not. Uh, the actual Maldives sent more people to fight for ISIS than any other country per capita Don't in the tell world. tell me that. Oh, it's true. I didn't know. There's a huge heroin problem in Mahi, the capital. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare Crazy. in paradise. Crazy. Well, that's why so many people fly in and fly out to the islands. Um, but those islands are, are very beautiful. And yeah. some of them, are, water is now starting to wash over the top of them yeah. because of global warming. So it's problem. a mixture of paradise and nightmare, like most of life. I know. And what do you think about uh, the women of the year 2019 and Greta Thunberg? Uh, Greta, well, she's beginning to irritate people a bit, I think. Um, I love her. Um, I love her. Uh, the, the, the Greta is the scornful look she gave to <laughs> President Trump. So if you're sort of... If I, if I, if I like, that's, her. I that's, like that's, that look on him, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's the Greta. Uh, but I found a young lady sort of similar, uh, but more aimed at conservation, called Bella Lack. She's 17. Okay, tell me more about uh, her. Oh, she's wonderful. She lives in Kew in West I will be interviewing her for climate change and conservation soon. I'll take her to Kew Gardens to talk. Uh, and she, she's a, a genuine um, uh, uh, conservation ambassador for the African Wildlife Foundation uh, and linking uh, animals to conservation to climate change. So people can imagine far more easily the result of climate change uh, and yeah. global warming. And she's representative of that generation who are determined, especially a female generation, yes. who are empowered. Um, nobody dare talk back to a woman these days, uh, you know, so, uh, especially in Britain. And they are uber confident. And she will, she and will go places. That's important, you know, finding self-confidence. Yeah, but a little bit of self-doubt isn't, isn't a bad thing either. You think? Oh, no. You need to be rounded. If you're uber confident, that t your mind yeah, tends to no, close a bit. Uber, no, of course. But, but open the mind. You know, yeah. But she's determined, and she's right, uh, and I like her, and I, I'm going to support what she's doing, because I think it's a good thing. Well done. Of course, I think you should use your but influence and matter, your connections. It wouldn't matter to me if she was a girl or a boy. Of course, of course. No, I'm not yeah. saying we don't have to help, no, but, you know, I mean, young it, boys uh, who yeah. are fighting for And I think sometimes boys board. are getting the back seat and pushed away in this hurry to oh, push women no, forward. Oh, no, come on, I'm not going to speak up for men. <laughs> I've got three sons, and they don't seem to be oh, doing yeah. too badly. Uh, I have a son and a daughter. No, oh, you do? You know, I, oh, as a fe feminist, I, I love men as well. I love, you know, and uh, there is a misconception of feminism, yeah, of I think. You know, they think that we hate men, but it's totally untrue. No, yeah, totally I mean, untrue. Yeah, I mean, th th I've never had a problem with, yeah. uh, with, uh, with that. I mean, uh, and nor have my boys. You know, sort of, uh, it's, uh, I've got a, a, a range of uh, ideologies. Um, and of course, they argue with me all the time because I'm a dinosaur now. <laughs> a um, dinosaur? Complete dinosaur. So tell me, last question about your career. What did you learn during these uh, 44 years in media? That everybody is different and never to be horrible to anyone because everybody's got their own demons. And they're all, a lot of people are hiding things from you. So if they're angry or if they're bitter and twisted or you know, there's something going on in their life. So try and be patient and try not to judge. Uh, all of which I've failed at completely for most of my career. <laughs> but it's something that, and also uh, when you write a horrible letter or write a terrible email because you're so angry, 
write it, knock it out, and then send it to yourself. I like this. I like this so And then much. look at it tomorrow. It's true. It'll save you a lot of pain. It's true, especially in email. I always say, yeah. you know, it's better to talk instead of writing. Oh, know? yeah, because you can't pick up a tone. But yeah. if you want to send a horrible email to somebody, you're so pissed off with them, then send it to yourself. But really be horrible. <laughs> And Thank then, you. I will follow your suggestion. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a But I, I just learned to be patient. Interesting. Not run when you can walk. Kind and patient. Yeah. I think you'll get there with those. No, but I'm like you. I think I'm that stage of my life where I learned the same. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, can I just fire up the final five questions? Uh, very, you, very quickly. Great. So, what's the one thing people would never know about you just by looking at you? Uh, that I am a frustrated uh, polo player. Okay. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Um, invisibility. Interesting. What is your spirit animal? Um, Catholicism. Uh, it's not really an animal. <laughs> it's a faith. Okay. What have you learned from your past relationship? Well... I learned from looking around me that divorce is a really bad idea because I, I love my house too much. Okay, we can talk about that in the next <laughs> episode if you want to come back. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is finding peace inside yourself. Uh, it's, um, I mean, mindfulness is all well and good, especially when you're working hard and you're in a hurry to get things done. There's so much to get done. But... It's uh, every day, maybe just stopping, and occasionally when you're walking, walk a lot more. That's a very good thing. I did a Camino last year in Italy from Siena to, um, uh, from Luca to Siena, oh, which is part of that. It's beautiful, that, uh, that part of oh, Toscany. It's, it's amazing. The lights, I know very well. the, 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 the yeah. wine, the hills, uh, it, everything is beautiful. Um, and it gave you time. I walked it. Wow, uh, well done. And uh, it gives you time to think. And what people should do more is stop to think how lucky you are. Great. Thank you, Stephen, for your time. You're Thank very you. welcome. <laughs> Spirit animal. Maybe a horse. <laughs> horse or a woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for watching Unleashed the Game Changers. I hope you were inspired by Steven as much as I am. Please leave a comment, let me know what do you think, and also let me know who do you think I might interview the next time. And don't forget to share via all your social media. Thank you, see you next time, bye.